Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe there. You get all of our content, fivereasonsports.com. You don't need to do any of that. You just need to click on it. We do not have a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes Prize Picks. Use the code 5 FIVE. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. You can download it from prizepicks.com, Google Play Store, the Apple App Store. Again, you can play two, three, four, five, six players together. I had a rough day on the Dolphins game, but we'll be back. Play the NBA, the NFL playoffs, big Monday night game coming up in the playoffs between Tampa and, and Dallas. And also check out Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. That's our betting partner. And this is legal in, in uh, 45 states including, of course, the state of Florida. They're based in Minnesota. So this is not like Costa Rica or something like that. You never know if you're going to get your money. It's not offshore. You're betting peer-to-peer, so you're betting against others who play instead of against an app itself. So go to betteredge.com, use the code 5RSN, get $20 free to play. That's number 5RSN. Or prize picks, use the code 5. And now, tonight's episode. Down to Biscay. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. We've mixed it up here a little bit. We got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. And then we have the person responsible for bringing Brady Hawk to the Five Reasons Sports Network, my former co-host here on Five on the Floor. Alphonse Sydney, you can find him at Alf954. No Greg, no Alex tonight. We've banished them. Greg is basically fielding 50,000 questions on our on our off the floor subscription feed with all of the transaction stuff that's going on. We may get into some tracks transactions here, but really we're going to do an old-fashioned debate. Um, Alf and I got into it a little bit on Twitter today, mildly. He said he liked me, so he loved me, actually, so I'll take it. Uh, we're going to make Brady actually be the arbiter here. He's going to be the jury, the judge, jury, and executioner because we're going to talk about the point guard situation. And when I pulled this today, who should be the starting point guard for the Miami Heat? 61% Gabe Vincent. 22. The Heat are also idiots, by the way. Well, well, I mean, you're going to state that for the beginning. And, of course, I'm going to be on your side, so I'm going to get classified as that as well. Uh, 22% Victor Oladipo. This is, again, assuming assuming the title hero is the two. And I guess that left 17% for Kyle Lowry, who's being paid $28 million to actually play the position. So Alf and I are going to bring our our opening statements here. Of course, Gabe Vincent has had 55 points in the last two games. That's why this brought this to a head without Kyle Lowry. Uh, Kyle has not had a 21-point game, uh, dating back to all the way to the beginning of December. Um, 
but it's not just about scoring. And that, that's what I'm going to touch on here as I start. So Brady, are you ready to hear the arguments? I'm ready. I mean, I, I, I hear both of your points all the time, but I'm ready to hear them again. Okay, we're going to state them uh, clearly. I'll go first, I guess, because I guess I'm the host. And so everybody gets mad at me because I always wait till the end and then kind of cherry pick what everybody else hasn't said. So I will start with this. I don't have anything personal against Kyle Lowry. That's not what this is about. Okay. It's not even so much about the contract, although the contract plays into what they do transaction wise. And if you feel like you have a potential starting point guard on the roster, it makes it more possible to trade the player that was supposed to be your starting point guard if you feel you have somebody ready to step in. Additionally, when we talk about contracts, there's the fact that Gabe Vincent is due for an extension, as is Max Struess, but just speaking specifically to the point guard situation, I think you have to make a decision about whether Gabe Vincent can be a starting point guard for this type of team. So let me start with Gabe first, and then I'll get to Kyle. My thing about Gabe is this. I look at Gabe, and I see a player who reminds me a lot of what Mario Chalmers did Uh, for the teams about 10 years ago, which is that he played off of guys who were going to be featured players. In that case, it was the big three of Dwayne and LeBron and Chris. And in this case, you're talking about as sort of a big three, like Butler, Bam, and Hero. And I think that Gabe can do, as long as he's shooting the ball reasonably well, which he has started to again now that he's gotten healthy, I think Gabe can do a lot of Rio-type things with this kind of team But the biggest thing that I think he can do, and this is what Kyle Lowry was advertised as when he came, but has not proven to be this, is he can guard the hell out of the point of attack. And that, to me, is the single biggest problem with this team defensively when they do have problems is that they don't guard the point of attack. That is never going to be Tyler Hero's strength. We know that no matter how he may try or improve on that end. And I do not think you can advance very far, even if the numbers suggest somewhat otherwise. And I know that Alf and I are on separate sides of this because I tend to play more into numbers and Alf tends to play more into eye tests. But I do not think that a backcourt of Hero and Lowry is going to take you very far ultimately because you have to cover for both of them, which then has made someone like Caleb Martin a necessity in the starting lineup so that he can basically cover up for what Kyle cannot do anymore. And then when you're also not getting any kind of offensive aggressiveness or punch from Kyle consistently when he's on the floor with the other best players, I actually think you're better off just starting Gabe in that situation and getting the defense. And then everybody can fill into more natural spots with less switching, less overcompensating and all the rest of this. And to get to Kyle here before I finish quickly, I understand obviously that asking a guy who has been, you know, a hall of fame type player, who came here and chose this place over other spots, who is best friends with Jimmy Butler and is making that kind of money to come off the bench seems somewhat ludicrous. But I will also say that the greatest player in franchise history, Dwayne Wade did it. Goran Dragic, one of the most beloved players in franchise history did it. And so if that's the case, I don't think it's too much to ask Kyle Lowry to do it. If you think it is in the best interest of the team, if the Lowry hero backcourt does not work. And I know Alf may provide numbers to suggest otherwise, the guy at this. How point, are you going to rebut my argument before I, I do it before it. you start? The yeah, guy, the, I see what I'm, you're I'm doing. I'm finishing here. The, the, the guy who has to go to the bench right now is not hero. I, I'm, I'm past that at this stage. I don't think you can ask him to do that after what he's done. He's the ascendant player. It should be Lowry. And I actually think that there are advantages to having at least until Kyle is traded, if that's what's going to happen. A Lowry Oladipo backcourt, I do think could work, particularly if you stagger them some. And Lowry has played better with kind of the bench types like Struess and others 
uh, than he has with Tyler Hero. So that is my argument for it. It's based more in what I think Gabe can provide, the decision you need to make with him, the need for point of attack defense, than it really is in what Kyle hasn't done. Although the reality is Kyle hasn't done a hell a whole hell of a lot lately. Alf. Okay. So my biggest question is like the why, right? Like it just it just seems like it, it feels like we're doing this blame thing with Kyle. Like I've seen you, I've seen you tweet out. They're seven and one with Gabe Vincent as a starter, right? Like that is one of the dumbest stats you ever tweeted, Ethan. It's so stupid. Like, did you have you seen the teams they beat with without Kyle Lowry as a starter? Can I can I name those for you? Are, are you okay with that? I am, but I don't think that I actually tweeted that stat. I think that was Heat versus Haters that tweeted that stat. Okay, but, but you retweeted, I think. But, but I might have. You have something to do with it. It's, it. it's possible that I I piled on it. Go ahead. <laughs> you probably piled. That's what I'm saying. All of this is piling on Kyle, right? Okay, so they're seven and one with when when Kyle doesn't play, right? That's so that's obvious evidence that Kyle Lowry is holding the team back. Those wins, one was versus the Clippers without Kawhi, which is probably their best win. In, in those eight. Uh, one was versus Houston. One was versus San Antonio. They lost to Chicago that was fully healthy. They they beat the Lakers without Anthony Davis. They beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. And two wins against Milwaukee without Giannis and Chris Middleton. Those are these eight wins that people keep tweeting at me. They are 7-1 when Kyle doesn't play. They, they did not beat a single good team in that stretch. Any good team they beat in that stretch was missing their best player or missing two of their best players. Now, I will say that, uh, you know, for the Heat to beat a team missing two of their best players is an accomplishment because we've seen them lose those games all year, right? So my biggest thing with the whole Kyle thing is that there's this weird blame game that's happening, right? Kyle's the issue. We got to get Kyle out of the starting lineup. Why? The numbers with Kyle in the starting lineup are excellent. Across the board, you cannot look at what Kyle Lowry brings to the team by looking at the box score. Like, you cannot. What he, he is probably either the first or the second smartest basketball IQ player on the team. Like, if you want to say Jimmy has a higher basketball IQ, I'm not going to argue with you. But between those two guys, those are the two guys with the highest basketball IQ on the team. When he is on the floor, when he is playing with Bam, when he's playing with the starters, when he's playing with Hero, because I keep hearing the Hero thing is a bad fit. There's no, there's no factual evidence backing that up. What a lot of people do, they'll put the two-man lineups of, of Tyler and, and uh, Kyle and say, oh, look, uh, this and that, the net rating, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? From now on, I don't ever want to hear about net rating on-off numbers unless you take out the Deadman minutes, right? <laughs> the Deadman minutes are a drag on – there's not a single – only Haywood Highsmith has a positive net rating with Deadman. So take out the Deadman minutes. Put Bam, look at Bam, Tyler, and uh, and Kyle. Look at their net rating. Look at how they perform. Like the team is excellent when Tyler's out there with starters. Like there's no, there's no. This is all emotion based. It is completely emotion based. Saying that Tyler can't play with the starters. They are so good uh, when Tyler plays the starters. The top like six uh, most used lineups for the Heat fantastic net ratings, right? From 6.9 to like 16 point something, right? Four of them include Kyle Lowry. The problem with this team has been and continues to be, well, not continues to be, they kind of fixed a lot of that, was the, was the bench. Like it was, it's not when Kyle was playing. It was when Bam sat and Deadman came in. 
It's the fact that they didn't have a Victor Oladipo filling the Tyler Hero role off the bench. So this whole idea that Kyle needs to sit for the good of the team is asinine. Like there's nothing, there's no evidence anywhere that says Kyle Lowry starting for the Miami Heat has been detrimental. It is a made-up thing. It is a fallacy. It is emotional. It's because he has a big butt. He's overweight. He complains a lot. And people just don't like him. It's not based on anything. Emotion. Oh, he doesn't play well with Tyler. It's nonsense. It doesn't exist. Like, we're making shit up. And, like, that's what's driving me nuts. It's just emotional Heat fans. And then people like you, Ethan, People in the media driving this nonsense narrative. Like, even defensively, I believe their defensive rating, both of these guys, they're about exactly the same. I don't know, Brady, you can look that up. You probably have it off the top of your head. I think they almost have the exact same defensive rating. So this whole idea of point of attack defense, yes, Gabe is a better defender than Kyle Lowry. I will give you that. But to me, it doesn't make – it's not this whole thing that it's Kyle's fault. He needs to go to the bench for the betterment of the team. It's like you finally have a bench that's performing well. Gabe, Vic have a very good chemistry. Orlando Robinson looks really good with these guys. And the solution is to fuck that up. Like, just to blow that up and put bench guys in the starting lineup. The starting lineup that's been good. Like, why – like, how does that make sense to people? Brady, I'm going to bring wow. you to, to be an arbiter here at the very beginning of this. Uh, can you fact check some of the numbers here? I mean, first of all, that was just, I think Alf beat you in the rant part because you were. Well, I mean, I had no of, chance you, in the rant. You, yeah, you came in. I mean, that's kind of like comparing really Bam just... to Deadman in terms of overall <laughs> defensive efficiency. Like, I'm not going to yeah, beat you, you Alf in a rant. Numbers. Yeah, you really did bring the net rating down. But. Uh, I'll say, cause it's funny because you both have kind of opposite opinions on this. And I feel like I'm really am dead in the middle on this because I feel there's certain points that point in one direction, the other. I'll start with the fact that I, uh, specifically with the Gabe point with him starting, I'm kind of at the point where the one point that I think matters most with the thing you said, Ethan, is the point of attack stuff. Because on paper, if we're talking about forgetting at all numbers, forgetting what we've seen on paper, it makes sense to put one of Gabe and Depot next to one of Kyle and Tyler. That's just the way it is. And the point of attack stuff has been problematic. And I, I go back to this last game where you have Gabe and Depot playing so many minutes and the defense just looks incredible and Bam has to do less. And it comes back to all this stuff where I kind of get to the point where it's not as much the regular season can they win games. It's more so when you get to the playoffs and you have Kyle and Tyler starting in a backcourt. And let's say you get to a six seed or get to a five seed. You have to play a Brooklyn. You have to play a, a boss and a Philly, whatever. I just don't trust that point of attack to start out games very well. Like I just really worry about that defensively where that's where I kind of make this. I made a point before I was wondering if, if Depot would end up being the Goron type insertion to the starting lineup in the playoffs, just to kind of have a counter to more size, more defense, something. So to that point, I agree with Ethan, but then I'll go to the other point where I say, it's weird because I also agree that I don't think this moves the needle too much where like, if Kyle goes to the bench, I don't know what it changes for one, because this team staggers so much guys that were saying like, just because you come off the bench, you play with Orlando Robinson, or if you, you go off the, off the bench, you play with Depot. It's just not really the way it is because whoever's starting it, the first guy exits with six minutes into the game. So all lineups are being changed anyway. So it's kind of thrown all over the place. Uh, and I agree that I think, if you're bringing Gabe off the bench, I like his fit with Depot. Like, 
it, it's a weird dynamic because I, like I said before, like on paper, I would go with Gabe in a starting lineup, but I just don't think at this point, you just got to, I guess, ride with what you have, I guess, to a certain degree, because it, a lot of it is on more so all shooting. Cause I know Ethan, a lot of your points was kind of offensively was about more so like complimenting the starters where that's makes sense because Kyle, like you bring up his best games have come with like everybody out where it's like Hitman, Orlando Robinson and Haywood I Smith and Jamal Kane just out there, just getting buckets. So like, Ideally, with him off the bench, that would kind of come into fruition. But if you, you were asking for some of the numbers, it's weird because I know a lot of this is recency bias because Gabe is kind of clicking. But I don't know if this is like a, a thing where Gabe just has a really good game and it kind of falls off because I think we're now seeing him kind of come into form a little bit. But Gabe is shooting 31% this season on spotted threes and Lowry's shooting 35% on spotted threes. So like in terms of the numbers, like if you're talking about a good complement for with what the starters need, it's a good off-ball shooter, which Kyle has had the edge. But then I come back to the other point and say, do you want Kyle Lowry specifically in an off-ball role? Because I think back to last season, what he was good at. Every time they came down the court, he was dribbling the ball past the half-court line. He was the one getting them in the offense. That was the guy that was like, okay, we can get the ball to Bam and get him in the offense. Now it's like Bam brings the ball down. Tyler brings the ball down. Kyle's in the corner. Like, I just don't know if it's the best role for him either. So it almost gets to the point where when I just keep saying on paper, it not only makes sense on paper for the heat, but it also makes sense for Kyle. But like I said before, then I like, I feel like I'm counterbalancing myself, but then I come back to the point. Like, I just don't think this move moves the needle enough specifically with this team. I think this is more of a conversation with what unit you have past the deadline, because then you can make your decisions from there with that roster that you specifically are saying you're going to go into the playoffs so with, with this specific roster. I feel like pieces Kyle could play the four on a certain night Nobody would question it. So, like, I don't know what we can do with this information. Right. I guess so. part of my thing is it's not so much about Kyle starting. My thing I'm pushing back the most is, is, like, the blame Kyle game. When, like, it just seems weird. It seems disingenuous. It doesn't seem based in anything factual or evidence. I think it's... I think it's the base stats, to be honest, because you yeah. go on a basketball reference and see a bunch of single digits. What? Oh, but, but, now, but now, hold, hold on. Wait, I, well, no, two games of Gabe Vincent, and all of a sudden he's the answer. No, but I, look I'm at not... Gabe. We want to talk about numbers. Gabe Vincent has been objectively awful this year, and I'm not talking about emotions. I'm not talking about objectively awful. Right now, I will I will couch that with the fact that I believe that's mostly because of, of uh, injuries, and I really do like Gabe. Like if it was if it was up to me, Gabe and Kyle would play twenty five minutes per game each. Some overlapping minutes. Uh, most of the time, they would be on. You know, one, at least one would be on the floor. And as far as closing is concerned, it depends on the matchup. It depends on what's happening, right? If you need size, you need shooting. Maybe Caleb's in there. Maybe Max is in there. If Kyle has it going that night, you 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 close with Kyle. If not, you close with Gabe. But for the most part, I believe both those guys should almost play play the same amount of minutes. My thing I'm pushing back the most is is this narrative that Kyle has been so awful and he's dragging down these lineups when it couldn't be it couldn't be any further from the truth. See, I don't think it's about base stats, though, honestly. I mean, I, I know when when uh, when Gabe has 55 points over two games that we're going to point to that. And obviously he's playing it at that kind of level. That's naturally what happens. But I just think it's too many games that we've come out of this season and been like Kyle had no impact. Just like no impact. Okay, before it, these two games, Ethan, were you calling for Gabe to start? No, I was not. I know you're that's, correct because Gabe because it's based that. No, if he scored fifty, he's looked really good over the no, last but Alf, couple before games. the season. No, but I will say this: even back in training camp, I was saying, and I think Brady can attest to that. 
on podcasts, I was saying that I felt that there had to be a transition this year to at least them getting equal minutes and at times Gabe closing, which is something else I think we're going to talk about as we go forward on this podcast, because I think the closing ultimately matters more than the starting. And, and I think all three of us may be in agreement on that, but I, I, I was a big gay believer before the season. Now he had the knee injury in camp and he has not shot the ball. Well, and he has not played as well as he has in previous years. And then the numbers show that the eye test shows that it's across the board. I, I, I just feel like to me, there's a couple of things. Part of it is a sort of emotional. It, it just hasn't always looked to me like Kyle's fit with this group or has even wanted to be here. It just, and, and, you know, I'm not that eye test person, but it just, it, that's, there just hasn't been the right vibe since he's been here um, last year. I don't blame him for any of the absences for the personal problems and all that. He did carry the team for a stretch last year when a lot of the other guys were hurt, but he has, he has, it has seemed like he's kind of struggled to find what his role is. And now this year it was just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to back off and do almost nothing. And, and I, I think what Brady's mentioning there is true. Like he doesn't even bring the ball up anymore. And I think some of it, Alf, too, wait, is wait, colored. So do you think that's, that's Kyle's choice? No, I, I, no I think he wants to be on the ball more often. Okay, but I, I do feel there are games that he just kind of fades away completely. And maybe it is out of frustration for not having the role that he wants. I don't know. I can't speak to that. But it just has not seemed like he's been as, as uh, driven and connected as I think he fans and I think us as Heat observers – hoped for when they signed that kind of contract for him. Okay. And they did go one more year than they would have. And they did pay more than they would have because they did want to bring him in for Jimmy and they had competition for his services. I get it. And it was not a great free agent season. I know Kenny on your podcast has talked about that. There's not like a lot of other options they could have gone to. Okay. So I, all of that, I completely understand. Okay. And, and I'm not usually the body language person and all this stuff, but it's just, I, I guess there's just too many games you come out of and you're like, okay, what did he do? And then when you look at the point of attack stuff, so I don't think it's that it's that Gabe has been so great. I think it's when you saw this, or I saw this from Gabe the past couple of games, I'm like, well, wait a second, okay? We've been talking about the fact that Kyle can't do this or can't do this, okay? And Gabe's in there. Bam was playing. Jimmy was playing. Gabe's getting his offense. He's guarding the point of attack. They don't even have Caleb to sort of cover for the point guard there. Not that they would need him. They have Highsmith, who's, a, I guess, a similar type player. Than, than, but... You, you, Gabe can do the things that they've been covering for Lowry for the whole season, and so he can do them a one every once in a while. Like, let's stop. Well, the defense like, okay, he can do all the defensively. Time. Yes, he can. Yeah, okay, but but what's going to happen is, and this is it's going to be, I like sometimes I'm like I want them to trade Kyle and I want them to start Gabe Vincent, and because I want to see what he fans do, because they were <laughs> they were killing Gabe all season. They've been killing Gabe all year. All of a sudden, he's a goddamn savior. But they've been killing him all year, right? Now he's a savior, all right? It's just it's wishy-washy as hell to me, right? Well, Alpha, it reminds me a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of going way back to a guy who's on the staff now is that people don't remember this. But in the last year, Tim Hardaway, Tim had lost a lot, okay? The, the injuries had kind of gotten to him. And Anthony Carter came in for Tim when Tim couldn't play against Detroit. That was the series that Grant Hill got hurt and changed his career forever. And AC came in, and they went 3-0 and with AC as a starter. Obviously, now assistant on the staff. And they gave AC the contract after that season, essentially to make him the starting point guard, to elevate him, okay? In fact, that kind of happened when Norris Cole is on our network now, too. After the whole big three era and all that, Norris was sort of projected to be the point guard. They've done this kind of thing before, and every time they have done it, you're correct. Heat fans wanted it, and then it happened, and they didn't like it, okay? Guys are undrafted for a reason. Guys are backups for a reason. Guys play certain roles and are role players for a reason, because if they could, cons if Gabe Vincent could consistently give you 
elite point of attack defense and 27 points a night, he'd be a superstar. That's not what Gabe Vincent is. I think Gabe Vincent is one of the most capable backup point guards in the league. I think he's great as a spot starter, right? And I I like I, I feel like I'm Vincent. I love Gabe Vincent, right? I always say like Gabe is one is one of the few guys who gives you those relief points that you should get from Goran Dragic. He's one of the only guys who will get in the lane as one of our guards and go ahead and hit that floater, hit a little turnaround jumper outside of Jimmy. Like he will go ahead and he will go ahead and give you those buckets. He's a run stopper and he's a run extender at times, right? I love Gabe Vincent. If he played the same amount of minutes per game as Kyle Lowry, shit, if he started and they both played the same amount of minutes, I wouldn't care. My whole thing is just be careful what you wish for. Like, and also, like, the, the, this idea that Kyle is just this horrible player and he's killing you. Like, these are two things that are just narrative-based and it's just – it's not actually reality. Because if Gabe Vincent is playing 38 minutes a night for you, I'm, those warts are going to show. Like, we've seen it with Max Struess, right? Like, everybody – we love Max, 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 Max. Throw Duncan to the side, right? And I love Max Struess. But you give Max too much responsibility, and look what Max looks like lately. Like it's going to be the same thing with Gabe Vincent, and that's my thing. It's like I like Gabe. Like let's not force him to be something he's not. He is a backup point guard and a very, very good one. Leave him alone. Like as soon as a, a I'm, I keep cursing. I'm sorry. As soon as an MFR gets over 20 points, everybody wants to throw him in the starting lineup. It's wild. And one of the biggest one of the biggest complaints all year was. We need Tyler to go back to the bench because we have no bench scoring. But as soon as somebody on the bench starts scoring, we want to put him in the starting lineup. Shut up. Leave it alone. <laughs> like I, they have a good starting unit and they have a good backup. They have a good bench. Let like at least let's see it. Let's see it for a little bit before we decide. Let's throw, you know, let's let's throw Kyle on on, on, on the waste pile. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think that's a valid point. And the reason I say it is because we keep having this starting conversation. And, like, the reason I keep coming back to it is, like, we, they've never really had problems this season with starting games. <laughs> like, all their problems have been consistent throughout the game. So that's why I keep coming back to it. And, Ethan, I know you pointed at possibly getting into this, and that's where my opinion shifts is more of the closing stuff. The starting stuff, I'm just, like, kind of not really favoring one thing or the other because changing it up at this point, and I know they just won two games without Gabe uh, or without Kyle starting, and they just won two or three games in a row. But it's more so I just don't think that moves the needle enough either way. Whereas, like, I just think they need to build consistency, consistency throughout the entire game than the first six minutes of the but first. Brady, you know how they do it? And you know how they have been doing it? Victor Oladipo off the bench. Jimmy sits. Kyle sits. Whoever sits, you have Victor, right? And you know what else happens? Bam sits down. And I say it on my show all the time. Like, just all you need when Bam sits down is don't be an effing disaster, right? Like as Orlando close to Robinson, neutral as possible. Yeah, like Orlando Robinson minus four, great job. Like player of the game, only a minus four. Love you to death. D Dwayne Dedman minus twelve. Right? Like it's just like it's that's what they fixed, right? It's and to me, one of the biggest things is like let's stop saying this guy shouldn't play. This guy's a bum. The for me for the Heat to get to the playoffs healthy. I would love to see consistent 10, 11 man rotations every night when they have the guys available. 
Like play all of these guys. Let's like 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 they just they need to to actually rotate, keep guys fresh. Guys need to be playing under thirty five minutes per game. Like this whole idea of like let's just throw guys to the wolves. Like this is why we're in the position we're in, and they're starting to come out of it. And all of a sudden, everybody wants to switch things up. Like it's not time to switch things up. It's time to finally get to what the vision was going into the season. And like let's see it first before we decide to blow everything up. All right, we're going to get to more of this after the break. I do have some other things to say, but we're going to get into the closing part and also the transaction part of this because this affects the conversation. Before we do, I want to tell you about water cleanup. If you got a water leak, you can't find where it's coming from, you're dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business, reach out to Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-579-0356. Water Cleanup of Florida, fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. No need to bring in other contractors. Just call Michael, Robert, and the team. They're prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues 24 hours a day, 365 days per year. You can reach them, again, at WCUFL.com. That's WCUFL.com, 954-579-0356, 90 five-star reviews on Google. Again, reach out to them at 954-579-0356. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, let's get to the next part of this. Closing. Well, can, right. can I say one thing really quick? Yes. I'm so upset that I'm defending Kyle Lowry like this, like I'm John Carlo Navas. I don't even like 
Kyle Lowry that much. I just feel like it's – I have a thing about people – about fans being unfair to a player. Mm-hmm. It's why I was rooting for the Dolphins all year and Tua Tungavailoa. Like, I don't – like, I'm not a huge Kyle Lowry fan, but I feel like it's so unfair. And, Ethan, you are out here pushing narratives. Shame on you. Well, look, Absolutely I'm, I'm shame. not – You I'm and Ira. Usually, hey, Alf, you I'm not You ask Ira crap. I, no, I am not usually a narrative pusher. You know that. That's not really my thing. No, the white side stuff towards the end there. Okay. But I think everybody piled on that, that one. And I guess I was correct. Right. On that. Uh, and a few others, but look, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a vendetta against Kyle. It's just, I think we're going to get to what Greg has kind of talked about here, which is that the resources can probably be applied more effectively. And if you can move Gabe to the starting lineup and you do have Victor Oladipo now, then you may not need necessarily what you thought you needed from Kyle Lowry before, particularly if he's not providing all of it that you expected, starting with the defense part, which is really where I come down. I I said when he came, I expected him to average 13 and 7. That's basically what he's averaged, okay? I mean, you know, there are nights I would like him to be more aggressive, but I, I come down on the defensive side. I did not think they would have to be hiding Kyle Lowry defensively at this stage. And I know he's he's pretty good at when he switches and guarding up, okay, sort of like a mini James Harden. I, I get it, but it's just the point of attack stuff is frustrating because you know that you have a two guard who is a huge part of your future, who you just gave a huge extension to, and that's not his strength. And so pairing him now well, with a, a guy who's cone. he's a traffic cone, a very okay, wide traffic so, cone. So so you can't. So so that's that's where I come down. It comes down. So let's let's touch on this quickly because I want to get to the transaction part before we close here, and I don't want to keep Al forever. He's he's very excited about his Giants. Okay, so Brady, I, I I'll I'll start with this. The closing you have mentioned that you basically see see them as having four closers, which is Bam, Jimmy, Tyler, and the fourth is now Victor Oladipo, and the fifth is kind of a rotation of guys. So. It could be Struess if you need a shooter. Uh, again, this is with the current roster. It could be Kyle Lowry. It could be Gabe Vincent. It could be Caleb Martin. It has at times been Haywood Highsmith. Okay. You shut your mouth. It should never be Haywood Highsmith. At times has been Haywood Highsmith. I know, and it's always been a mistake. I'm okay. sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Well, it's not going to be Deadman again. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Uh-huh. So, so here, here's the thing. Do you think? Since we got away from the debate part, but I'll pivot to you, Alf. Like starting, starting matters to guys. Closing matters more. When you talk to players, they will tell you closing matters more. So, okay, we're not going to ask, according to you, we're not going to ask Kyle to come off the bench as a starter because it's not really necessary. Brady says it doesn't move the needle that much. But if you're going to start sitting him down the stretch of games a lot, isn't that creating kind of an issue? But but I think that's in the best interest of the team a lot of nights, right? I, I think I think every night's going to be different, right? So just like 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 you said, Brady said it's going to be rotation. They're going to rotate these guys. To me, I wouldn't close with Gabe or Kyle. Mm-hmm. I would close with in my closing lineup. And we talked about the core four guys, and it would be Caleb or Max. That's how I would close to have that size. Right. If you're if you have the lead, Caleb's out there. You put Caleb, Jimmy, Bam, Vic, like come on. Like nobody's getting anywhere on the court. Like that is a that is clamp city. And if you're behind, put in Max for the in that fifth role. To me, like there's not a lot of room for either of the point guards to close games because to me, I want size, I want rebounding, I want point of attack defense. Like 
Caleb, I mean, there are certain guys that, yeah, I want Gabe out there. Like, if it's Steph, you know what I mean? If it's a guard and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to bother him, get up in his kitchen, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, I want Gabe out there. But for the most part, like, I want Caleb and I want Max out there. And and honestly, I'm not the guy who gives a shit about Kyle Lowry's feelings. I don't care about any of their feelings. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, people said Tyler Hero deserves it. I, oh, he's getting paid. I don't care about any of that stuff. Tyler Hero earned it. He didn't deserve shit. He earned it uh, to get in the starting lineup. And he has been a closer like none other. Like, he should win that stupid Bob Cousy, what, what, Jerry West, whatever that clo- that clutch player award. He should win that shit because he's been amazing this year. But, like, I don't I do not do this whole thing, guys have earned this, guys have earned that. To, to me, those are the guys I would close with. So, it's, it's to me, I, I, it, that's, what, that's where I come from with it. I, I'm, I'm like, like Brady says, I don't think it moves the needle to change the starting lineup. But when it comes to the closers, I want guys who can defend if we're up and if we, if we need to, if we need to come back, if we need scoring, I want Tyler and Max out there. I mean, is that fair, Brady? Cause I, I I'm in agreement with him on that for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I, I think I lean in the one direction more of not changing the starting lineup, but then once I get to the closing lineup, I'm more on, I guess both your sides, because I guess you both agree on the closing part, but I'm more on the, the side that it's definitely those four closers. Uh, and I think I do lean Caleb or Max. And it's funny because I just asked this question on Twitter a couple of days ago, and it was like every answer was Caleb or Max. Like every, like Gabe or Kyle weren't even options at that point. Like it was all of those two, which I kind of agree with. And if we want to, because this is a Gabe or Kyle pod, it seems like I was just looking at some of the fourth quarter numbers. And I like just using Bam as a benchmark to Alf's point because there's no Deadman. Uh, no, numbers no, no, no. kind of intruding on it. So if you put Kyle with Bam in the fourth quarter, it's 111, 111 offensive and defensive rating. If you put Gabe in the fourth quarter next to Bam, it's 109, 102. And that's where I really come down to it. It's just like the defense, you cannot be closing with Kyle and Tyler late in the game. And, and that's really where I come down at it. It's like you, there's too much hunting going on against good teams where they can just pull out your switches because you know you're going to switch everything. And if you have those four defenders and, and Depot swarming, Jimmy and Bam, we know what they can do. And if you want to add Caleb into that obviously you have something if Max has it going on a certain night where he's shooting really well go with him if Gabe has it going on a certain night go with him if Kyle has it going on a certain night which we have not I guess seen too much offensive bursts but if let's say he has a game where he has four to five threes in a game you can go with him in that way even though I'm kind of iffy about it because I think you have to go more defensive but that's where I really come down I think closing is really the more important point here like starting i've not seen many things trends this season where i say like oh that for that three minutes in the first quarter to begin this game just ruined the entire game it's usually six minutes of the third quarter where it's just a random lineup out there that just ruins the entire game and then it comes down to every single game is clutch time so it really always comes down to this no matter what no matter what starting lineup you put out there to start it's going to come down to the last five guys you put out there this season so that's really what it is and, and credit to depot because i feel like before the season we were saying three three closers and we were kind of including Kyle and in in, in as like the fourth main closer and then we kind of sh- shifted into three and now we're back to four because I think big credit to Depot what he's able to do offensively because we know what he's doing defensively he is 100% in the locked in closer range in my opinion no matter he's the matchup. made the point guard argument obsolete in the closing lineup because right. you don't need a point guard because Jimmy Bam and Vic are good Jimmy Bam Vic and Tyler like Tyler are going to be handling the ball like so, there's I, like to me, I don't really see the point 
of a Kyle or a Gabe at you know to close games out. The only the only advantage I would give Kyle over some of these other guys is IQ. Like I don't like I don't think he's gonna take the wrong shot. Um, he might try a pass that he shouldn't, but shit. So will Vic. Vic, <laughs> Vic, yeah. Vic tries some crazy shit. Um, but at the end of the at, the, at when you're closing out games, like one of my biggest problems with Vic, like people say, start Vic at the at the point guard position. Vic will not pass the ball till there's four seconds left in the shot clock. Like nobody dribbles the air out of the ball like Victor Oladipo. Like so, I don't want Vic in charge of running the offense for the whole game. But at the end of the game, in a clutch situation, that's what the, that's what the offensive possessions are. So why do you need a point guard out there? Why do you need a guy running a, a quarterback in the offense? you're going to get a bunch of ISOs and Vic is the guy when it comes to that. And, no. and Ethan, I want to just get your opinion on this. Cause I think this is one of the biggest things in the whole Kyle conversation is that the developments of Tyler and Bam, I think have shifted this entire conversation, to be honest, like the more we talk about it, it's like last season, they needed him out there late in games to organize them. Like they did because Tyler was at a level where I think he did, he couldn't play the one to force offense. Bam was not the aggressive player. He is now, now Bam can just come out and just, force his own offense. Tyler, you, he could create his own shot and kind of create offense and his assist numbers going up and his playmaking. So I think those two developments have shifted this conversation, specifically the Kyle conversation completely. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I mean, Depot, and, and again, we don't know how sustainable it is with Depot. It seems more sustainable every day. Um, and that's a good thing, but you never know with his history and, and what, you know, overcompensation and all the rest of that. And that's what he dealt with in training camp. I do think I agree with you, Brady. He is an automatic closer at this stage. We talked a lot about how they needed Kyle to get them organized. It was a disaster when Kyle didn't play. Uh, again, that is not the case. Tyler, you know, the other thing is Tyler's Tyler's improved ball handling plays into this big time. Uh, so now you really have uh, the two of them. Again, I don't want Depot taking the air out of the ball either. Uh, but t- Tyler makes good decisions with the ball for the most part. Um, he can be somewhat turnover prone, but he he is uh he's he's much better at making reads, counters, all that stuff than he was before. He has a natural connection uh with Bam. Uh Oladipo has a natural connection with Bam. That's that's become obvious now. I mean, the numbers with Oladipo and Bam are excellent, and he gets him the ball in a way that Jimmy doesn't get him the ball, which is something that we've talked about on five on the floor, also. So I, I I'm with you that some of that's made Kyle somewhat obsolete. And so we're going to pivot to something as we close here. And I do want to mention one more thing instead of a sponsor. Do you want to mention our subscription feed? Uh, Greg's on there right now. I put it on the, always on the top of my Twitter feed at five reasons sports. It's off the floor. It's free for the first week, $3 and five cents. You know why we went with that for every month after that, you can cancel at any time. And it basically is a lot of exclusive information. Uh, a lot of this uh, kind of strategy and numbers stuff from Alex and Brady and the more the transaction uh, stuff from Greg and more of the behind the scenes and transaction stuff from me. So check it out. Uh, we're all posting there constantly. We do Q and A's there, start doing some contests. We're actually going to be giving away some prize picks funds and you have to be subscribed to off the floor. So check it out, go to the top of our five, uh, five reasons sports, Twitter feed, and you will see how to subscribe. It's very simple. Let's close here and let's do it quickly because I, I, I do think there are other longer term factors at play you know, Dwayne Dedman's contract just became eligible for trade. Miami is is looking. There's no question. We've all heard that. There are lots of teams around that that they're talking to. We don't know exactly which team they're going to end up with because there are so many teams that don't really know what direction they're going right now because the league is a mess this season. There is no dominant team. Uh, there's not even really a whole bunch of dominant teams in the Wemby sweepstakes. There's a lot of teams in the middle, 500 Pacific Division teams like the Clippers, the Warriors. 
Uh, the Suns that we thought would be better, they're not. And so, again, this could go in any direction. But one of the reasons that I have said that I do think that Gabe should get more playing time is because you have to know with his extension going forward and also with the possibility of a Lowry trade, whether or not you have a player that you can count on there. I'll start here with you, uh, Alf. On Gabe and the extension, we know that the Heat's history with extensions is not great on some of their undrafted players. They're just dealing with that with Duncan Robinson. So what would be like your thought process on extending Gabe Vincent? Well, first of all, I will disagree with you because that's what we're doing tonight. This whole idea that they need to play Gabe more to see what they have with Gabe. They know what they have with Gabe. Like there's no, like one of the things I don't want them to do is run Gabe into the ground. Like they've seemingly done to the max all year. Like I don't want 38 minute games from Gabe Vincent. I think it's a mistake. Like Gabe, we saw what he looks like when he's hobbled and injured. Like I want them to keep Gabe's minutes low because I think they need Gabe in the playoffs. Now, as far as the thinking going forward, right? That's these things are hard for me because I like I hate contract talk. I hate all that kind of stuff. I don't care about extent. Like do what's best for the team, and they've made mistakes in the past. But I feel like what it comes down to is you have to make a decision when it comes to Max. And when it comes to Gabe, and if that is the if that is what the the decision is going to be, like you have to pick one or the other, I'm going with Gabe, right? Because I do believe next year when Kyle is a thirty million dollar expiring contract, that is going to be a super attractive trade piece, and you do need a legitimate point guard. To me, like Max, and and that's what Gabe brings you, and you still have Tyler, uh, you have. Vic, you have Jimmy, all these guys that can handle the ball. The What Max is giving you is duplicated a little bit with Duncan, and I don't think they can get off of Duncan right now until they rehab basically his image. Um, so, like, when it comes to those two guys, I think the more expendable guy is Max. I wouldn't really want to get rid of either of them, but there's business. There's a business side of it that needs to be looked at, right? So um, I don't mean to sound like hot take Harry, but at some point do you make a decision and say, hey, Let's see what we get from Matt for Max before we lose him for nothing. Um, but that's where I come down on it. Like, I know I probably sound like a Gabe hater this whole time. I love Gabe Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't want him to be my starting point guard long term, but I do think he brings a skill set that's not as easily replaced as Max's. I'm with you on that. I, I think that uh, that's a conversation we're going to do totally on another pod, uh, but I that's kind of been my lean also. Although I do think some of it does have to do with what you do with Kyle. And, and, and so as I close here there, I don't think that they're like pushing to get rid of Kyle Lowry, but I think if the right opportunity arises where they can fortify this roster in the front court, I think what's happened here with Gabe Vincent does matter because I think that as much as they sort of know what they had in Gabe, like you said, those whole podcasts, Alf, they really haven't seen it most of this season. Um, and so the fact that they've seen it recently, but I also think the Oladipo and Hero developments uh, add to that. So as we we finish, I will say this. But I, I want to ask you a question before yes. you before you go yeah. into your your closing soliloquy. Yes. Um, <laughs> the D'Lo thing. Does that make any freaking sense to you? Not a lot. I mean, it's just really about getting off the year. Uh, and and I I don't know that that D'Angelo Russell. Uh, he's a better defender than he's been given credit for. I think. 
Uh, but I don't know. And he's also, he's on a contract. You got to make a decision whether or not you're going to pay him long-term. I don't know that that's the piece that you necessarily want to add. I know that Dwayne has been a fan of his in the past. I, I just think we've seen enough with D'Angelo. Dwayne Russell. isn't the best GM. No, LeBron. I know. And he has most, some LeBron in him. Just but most great with. players aren't. I just know that we've seen enough of uh, D'Angelo Russell now to know that it doesn't seem to contribute to a hell of a lot of winning. Uh, and so that's, you know, I, again, I don't know that he's necessarily what they need. We're talking about them needing a point of attack defender. I, that's, I don't know. That's they need a four. They need somebody six, eight and up. Well, I, I like, I like the Nas, <laughs> I like the Nas Reed part of that better than the D'Angelo Russell part of that, to be honest. So same. Um. Anyway. All right. Thanks to Alf. Thanks to Brady. Alf, you win. I will, we can keep Kyle in the starting lineup for now, but he's not, he's not a guaranteed closer. I'm just saying that uh, we'll be back. Uh, check out our sponsors, water cleanup of Florida. Uh, also prize picks, better edge, of course, and the subscribe to our off the floor feed. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 